Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. watching online just stay standing for a minute I just really um, get a sense that the Lord is wanting to uh, just minister um, straight away here and um, how, how many know that God speaks to us through the word through the Bible right yep we know that don't we and how many know that God longs it's not a religious thing it's a relationship so we're we're walking hand in hand with him Jesus said lo I'll, I will be with you always and that's not I'll be with you just through the Bible, although that is our absolute. Amen? Yeah, amen. Uh, you know, if you feel God is silent, open this and he stops being silent. All right? So don't worry about God being silent. But the truth is, is that, uh, you know, God longs for a growing relationship with us. Amen? And so God speaks to us and speaks into our, our heart. And I just get a sense at this, at this time and at this moment that, you know, God is really wanting to set us free of two things. And it has to do with failure. No, number one, it's Number one, it is um, uh, fear of failure. And then number two is the sense that you have failed. And so I'm not going to get you to put your hands up and say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, you know, I'm so proud of that. No, no. It's often a very personal thing that the Lord is wanting to uh, minister into. So just at this moment, I just encourage you, you may never have done this before, um, but I just want to lead you in a simple prayer that I believe the Holy Spirit is just going to sovereignly do a work within our hearts and our minds. Is that okay? All right. So I just invite you, you can just put your hands out like you're going to be, you're going to receive something it's like a it's like a stretching out of holy hands sometimes people put their hands up high sometimes people put them low sometimes people put them in a half and half who knows but um, right now father we just we just um, focus our heart and our mind upon you right now and Lord if there is anybody here or watching online Lord that um, that they're just really, it's, it's not even that whether they're struggling or not, whether it's something that continues to bother, that continues to be a pest, that continues to, um, uh, you know, rob uh, people of their freedom and their joy and their ability to step out in faith. Right now, Lord, we rebuke failure and the fear of failure right now lord where you, jesus you have never failed us you have never failed us lord for you are faithful to the end and so lord right now we just we just break off all failure or fear of failure and lord where it has uh, robbed us of our joy of our um uh, willingness to step out in faith right now lord forgive us for allowing that and so lord we just step into the freedom that you have for us today in the name of jesus 
Amen? Amen. Amen. Who felt something just then? Is that good? Yeah, awesome. High five somebody, give them a hug and uh, grab a seat if you can. Now, Andy, I'm going to get Andy. I'm going to get down on the floor here, so we'll see how we go with that. All right. How are we doing on this wonderful week, long weekend in sunny Melbourne at the moment? How good's that? Right. So, so very good. Yeah, you can be seated. Um, uh, so very, very good to be uh, in this beautiful weather, and um, and you know people take advantage of that, and why not? But I wouldn't want to be any, anywhere else, amen, than here with you. So um, it's, it's just really exciting for us to, um, you know, grow through the word. And the Lord, as you remember over the last few weeks, have, has been, um, has been um, you know, we've been exploring that area of koinonia. Remember what the word koinonia means? Ultimately, it's the description of uh, the church collectively and and in that state of togetherness. But at the same time, it's in co active covenant relationship with the Lord. And so it says, yes, we are together. Uh, we are actively together uh, in walking through life in a covenant way. Um, but we, we are at the same time actively walking together with Jesus in a covenant way as well. Amen. And so there's this uh, there's this vertical relationship, and there's this horizontal relationship that the Lord um, that the Word has um, has been ministering to us about. And so, um, <clears throat> and then over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about faith and belief. Amen. Um, I notice how we're not concentrating or talking about unbelief or the lack of faith. Amen. Because how many know we all struggle with that from time to time. Right, I put my both hands up and both legs if I could, and so um, there's this there's this element of um, yes, we we long to walk in more effective faith, and we long to walk in um, more and greater belief. And last week we talked about that belief fuels our faith, in the same way unbelief robs us of effective faith. Hello. All right. I remember the little story of, uh, you know, Jesus wanting, uh, he was hungry and he was um, going past a little fig tree, poor old little figgy. And uh, the fig tree was out of season. Like, and Jesus had this expectation that, hey, you know, there should be figs on this tree, but it's not in season, right? I just love it how Jesus expects fruit no matter what season it is. Ooh, there's a word right there. And so, and so he walks along and, and, you know, he gets annoyed and he curses the fig tree and, and the, the disciples scratching their heads a little bit going, yeah, but Jesus, don't you know that, uh, you know, it's not quite in season. It's not, you know, uh, but anyway, um, and uh, they walk past by that same fig tree on the way back. And what happened to the fig tree? It was all withered. Uh, somebody had uh, put some Roundup on it and uh, it was gone. And so it was, you know, it was this, this area of where Jesus longs for us to walk in that element of faith and that growing faith that no matter what season we're in, we are fruitful. No matter what we're going through, we are fruitful. And, uh, and when times we don't feel fruitful, he's faithful. <laughs> 
Amen? And so we're just going to open the word in that just a little bit. So, Josh, if I could just grab that uh, first slide up, please. Today we're going to be talking about encounters and disappointments. Is it okay to talk about disappointments in church? I think so. I think it's absolutely okay. I think it's important that we uh, recognise that um, not everything is peaches and cream, if you hadn't noticed that already, right? And what I mean by that, not everything is red rosy all the time, all good, all right? Jesus said it very clearly, in this life you will have troubles, tribulation, challenges, you will stub your toe and want to swear, but you'll resist, right? Is that right? You know, or fudge or something like that, right? Shoot. Uh, and, um, and you'll do a little dance and it'll be ouch. But there'll be challenges as we go through life every single time. And we'll have that next slide. So today, um, I want to give you this opportunity. Um, if you have a smartphone right now, you can actually follow along these slides if you want to scan that QR code, and if you're watching online as well, you can do that as well, is that you can actually see these slides anytime. So let's say during the week, you're listening to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast or anything like that, you can, whilst that's being played, you can actually follow along the slides and you can go to that right now. And I just want to make sure it's working, right? So if you've got it, you've got it. Oh, look at that. It's working. Don't you love it when something works? Yes. Is that just cool? Yes. Maybe only 2% of you might use it, but hey, look, it's cool. No problems at all. We'll go to the nat that next. Uh, is everyone got it? Yeah. So just so that you understand, a QR code is something that you turn your camera on, but don't take a photo of it. That you're not meant to take a photo of it. Um, what will happen is that your camera will recognise that it's a link through to a website and so it'll just bring up a little thing down the bottom and you click on that and that'll take you through to the slides. Okay, and if you uh, don't know how to do it, just ask anybody under 15. So, um, uh, <laughs> oh, you know how to do it. How old are you, Mike? 62. <laughs> Wow, you're like that side of 70. That's amazing. Um, so anyway, we'll go to... Oh no, <laughs> Mike is my wonderful brother-in-law and brother-in-laws have a healthy you know, banter between them. Let's go to the next slide. Thanks, Josh. Good on you, Josh. Doing a great job today. So where we might go today, I always preface the might because I want to be sensitive to um, as we go through Scripture that as the Lord leads us through Scripture... Um, that will emphasise it. But where I would like to end today is the very truth is that every single uh, thing that we face in life, whether it's um, uh, an, a wonderful experience, whether it's a challenging experience, um, no matter what we're doing each and every single part of our day of our life, it is always an opportunity and an invitation to encounter God. Every single thing. Every single thing. It's an invitation to encounter the Lord. And so that is the absolute truth. Um, but let's discover how we go there. So let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> the cross of Jesus Christ. So not the cross itself, <coughs> but not the cross itself, um, but 
uh, what happened and what Jesus accomplished at the cross is absolutely central to everything that we are and have today. We have to understand that before Jesus died upon the cross, the, um, uh, Israel at the time had the uh, Torah. So it was the first five books of the Bible that they learnt from a very early age. They actually memorised it. And so most people memorised back in the day, uh, most people me had memorised the entire scripture. Well, it's a challenge to us today, I believe. It's good for us to memorise uh, what the Bible says. If I could memorize the Bible as good as I learn songs, then I'd be even more of a saint, right? But anyway, um, I think it's important that we recognize that, that the cross represents, and we celebrated it during communion today, the cross represents the, the, the absolute annihilation of the works of the devil. And it's not only that, but it's, it's the repositioning of us as people before Father God. Because before the cross, there had to be blood sacrifice uh, of animals, goats and, and uh, sheep and doves and grain offerings and all these sorts of other offerings that were needed to be presented before the Lord in the temple, at the temple, at certain times throughout the year for your sins to be atoned. So in other words, for you to be forgiven and not to be living under the curse of sin. In other words, the separation from Father God. That's the truth of it. And so here, Jesus not only annihilated the works of the enemy, why did he do that? How, how did he do that? He did that because there is only, there is only generally, generally speaking, there's only one way of where the enemy can have a right into your life, and that is unrepented sin. You know, I, I hear it not semi-regularly, not too regularly, but too much, oh, the devil's attacking me. Well, have you had a look at your repentance before the Lord? <laughs> sometimes there is this element, sometimes there is this moment, Lord, uh, I just need a clean slate here. Make me holy as you are holy. And so there's this element of where we, where we, um, we understand that, Lord, I want to keep a short account with you. I don't want to give the devil any room to attack. Now, don't get me wrong. There is this element of um, there is this element of um, the enemy doesn't ask for permission. There is warfare. There is contending for breakthrough. There is warfare that happens. The, um, uh, the Bible says that um, the kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. So there is this element of where there, there is a struggle, but in the struggle, we know we've got the victory. Why have we got the victory? Because of what Jesus did at the cross. Not necessarily anything that we have done. There is responsibility upon our life, but the truth is it's all what Jesus has done. Hello? You with me? Okay. How's those slides going? Is it going along all right? Yeah, good. 
Um, okay, so the crucifixion and resurrection, not just the crucifixion. There's many uh, Christian religions that will typically see Jesus still crucified on the cross. He's not crucified on the cross anymore. He raised from the dead. Amen? And that's an important thing to remember. That's an important thing to realise because it proves he wasn't just a man. It proves he was God. Okay. Not to mention all the other things that took place at that time when he gave up his spirit. It says, great, there was an earthquake, the earth went dark, um, graves were opened up, and loved ones who had died before were seen walking the streets again. Would that be a bit freaky? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd like to see Netflix make a series about that one, right? Anyway... Anyway, so um, deviating from this fundamental truth exposes us to the elements that may lead us astray from the divine promises. So every single, I, I would encourage you, dive into every single promise that the cross offers us. Dive into that. Because the enemy has no place, right, when we understand who we are in Christ and what Jesus did at the cross. Now, I, I, I would say that's a very personal journey for you and we must all take responsibility for learning that. Okay, it's not just a Sunday message, all right? Not just, we can, but it's not just, right? So, <clears throat> so what we believe about the cross affects uh, the miraculous in our life. So unbelief, so where we, where we uh, choose not to, where we choose not to believe what Jesus has done, it disables the miraculous in our lives, all right? So we think of when Jesus was dying on the cross and we know that either side of him was, were, were, there were two other men who were crucified with Jesus. One kind of said the words, if you're really God, get down from there, and while you're at it, get me down too. Right? My paraphrase. The other said, when you enter paradise, remember me. Now, did he get down on his knees? Hey, guys, before you put the nails in, Jesus, I believe in you as my Lord and Saviour. You're amazing and, um, and help me. No, he said those very simple words. Why? Because the Bible says, he that believes in his heart and professes with his mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord will be saved. Now, that thief on the other side of the cross, he, he confessed with his mouth, Jesus, I recognise you as who you are, even in this moment. Being crucified on the cross, I recognise you in this moment. I recognise you in this moment. Now, when you enter paradise, remember me. What was he crying out to? He was crying out to eternity, wasn't he? That was his heart. There's got to be more to life than this. And what was Jesus' reply? Today, you, today. What a moment. 
This guy was a criminal thief, convicted, charged, convicted, guilty. No different than you and I. No different. And you see, this is the truth. When we believe appropriately and we place our belief, it fuels faith that disables lies about us and releases the kingdom of heaven on our behalf. Now, what does that look like? Friends, that looks like miracles. It looks like significant things. Open your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. How many know, as you're turning to that, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is powerful, amen? It is powerful, right? Its its design is not to divide us into all of those parts, but it can if it needs to. (laughs) Right? Hello? Right. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. So the reason why I read that Hebrews at the beginning is that we have to understand that we look at it appropriately. We treat the word of God appropriately. Amen? So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 to 25 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for what? Righteousness, by whose stripes you were what? Healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Right. Two key things here. Firstly, firstly, Jesus died upon the cross. We must also die to our sins. Those areas of where we believe incorrect things, we've got to bring that into right alignment and correction. Those areas of where we daily struggle with, now, we have to understand that God's grace is sufficient. We're going we're gonna to look at that a bit later on today. But his grace is sufficient. And if at any point you're sitting there going, oh, man, you know, I'm just not comfortable. I, I, it's not a nice feeling to talk about personal sin, is it? It's not that nice. But you can't have the cross without repentance. You can't have John 10.10, life and life abundantly without the accountability of coming before the Lord. You know how in the Bible it says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess? Do you know why it says every knee? Because when Jesus turns up in his full presence, it's pretty hard to stay standing. It's the fall upon your knees. It's like that beautiful carol that we'll sing in seven weeks' time. Oh, holy night, fall on your knees. Because when the presence of God comes up, it's like, 
fall on my knees. It's like, it's like where John the Revelator, where, you know, when people had encounters um, before the Lord, he, they, they just fell on their face before God. Hello? It's no different when we're in worship, whether we're in, in our private bedroom or whether we're here in church. We fall, we fall before him when we worship you, Lord. Amen? Now, remember, where are we on our way to? Encounter. Okay? We're taking you on a, I'm taking you on a journey this morning, and I hope we get there. Probably won't. We'll see where we go. He, so verse 24 of 1 Peter chapter 2, he who, uh, he, who, sorry, who himself bore our sins in his own, on, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't, I'm trying to rush, this is the problem, isn't it? Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for, what was it? Righteousness. Righteousness. Now, as we die to sins, Jesus makes us righteous. Righteous. You are right with God. Hallelujah. You are right with your fellow man. Hallelujah. You are right in authority over the works of darkness. Amen. Right. I feel a righteous stirring in your heart. For what purpose? To bring you into a place of healing. Who, uh, by whose stripes you were healed. Very interesting, isn't it? Now, is that just emotionally healed? Uh, I just need to heal my emotions. I just need a little comfort, Teddy, or whatever it is, right? No, Jesus is holistically in an entire way strengthening you in your walk before the Lord, in your walk before the community that you are in. He is strengthening you to walk healed, whole. Hello? Mentally, physically, all right? Now, if you feel, hey, I'm not quite there yet, that, there's, there's no condemnation in that whatsoever. What I'm saying to you is, hey, continue to believe. Believe the right things. Don't let unbelief disable the miraculous in your life. Appropriately place your belief and that fuels your faith that disables lies and releases the kingdom of heaven in you and through you and for others around you who are watching. Hello? All right, let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> Repentance. I kind of already covered this. So listen, apologies are just not enough. Apologies are just not enough. If I, if, if, if I, did, if I did something wrong, like because I never do anything wrong, but if I was to do something wrong to Anna, if, if, like, if I just turned up and said, sorry, hon, 
but I kept on doing it. Does a sorry mean anything? No, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> How many times have you gone before the Lord and said, sorry, Lord, and then a month later you found yourself in the same hole? <laughs> hey? Oh, sorry, am I the only one or is it just deathly quiet in here? <laughs> you see, in that state, in that look, his grace is always sufficient. But let me tell you, repentance means a total and complete 180 degree turn. I once was going this way. I once was living my life for myself exclusively, only for me. I once was all about me. It's all about me. It's all about the way I changed my life. No, it's not that, is it? That was an old song that you don't bother looking up. But anyway, all right. Repentance says, I once was heading in this direction, but then I met the truth of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I was convicted of my own sin before the Holy One of God, before the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I realized that he offers me an alternative. And the alternative is... Is there's two things. This way, if I keep on going this way, it leads to certain death and separation from God. But then he offered me something else that says, hey, if you confess and believe that I am the Lord and you live your life for me from this day forward, then I offer you the miraculous power of the kingdom of heaven and I offer you an absolute life-changing moment. Will you say yes? Who wouldn't? Right? Hello? And repentance says, I was going that way, now I'm living in a completely opposite way. And every now and then we might stumble. Every now and then we might fall. But Jesus has, this, has us on this trajectory of effective living. Not effective struggling. Effective living. Hello? There might be some struggles, but effective living because why? We start to appropriately place our belief and our faith that Jesus will do what he said that he would do. Saying I'm sorry is simply not enough. Repentance goes further, requiring a complete 180 degree turn from the actions that led to the need for the apology. Anna, I'm so sorry I did that. Sorry means I'm going to do everything that I can to not do that again. Hello? Now, praise God. Praise God that God has provided me with a good woman. That every time I do stuff up, she gives me another chance. <laughs> Dinner might be frisbeed on the plate to me at that night. No, I'm joking. <laughs> While changing behaviour can be challenging, it's often easier than changing one's mindset. <laughs> I'll let that sink in for a minute. Remember, repentance is essential. We cannot have the cross without it. Let's open our Bible to Acts, chapter 3, verse 18 to 19. How are you going? Yeah, good. Is this okay? You enjoying this? 
I'm enjoying sharing it together. Acts chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all of his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. So remember, the cross wasn't just some random event. It was absolutely planned. By man? No, by God. The Bible says that Jesus was the lamb slain before the very foundations of the earth. Hello? Verse 19, therefore, repent, sorry, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Why do we need to repent? <laughs> so our sins can be blotted and then what? Then what happens? Times of refreshing from the Lord. Remember where we're leading today. We're leading to what? Encounter. Hello? Repent, therefore, so you can encounter the power and the presence and the re refreshing nature of who he is. Friends, this is not a joke. It's not something that we have to strive for. It is something that we step into because we believe the right things. We've dealt with unbelief. We've dealt with sin. We're no longer living like that because we've died to it. And we step into this state of times of refreshing with the Lord. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because all I have to do is center myself in Christ, believe that he has forgiven me and set me free. Send the devil running because he has no place. He has no place anywhere in my life. And so therefore, I continue to walk through that valley because I know at some point the Lord's going to lead me out of it. Hello? I'm getting excited. Next slide. Absence. So what happens when we feel, these slides are more for my reminder of where we're going than they are yours, okay? But absence, what happens here when we feel as though God is absent? This is something that, you know, so many times we can feel disappointed in, in God, did you really come through? Or did, you know, did something happen that, that you know, it, it, look, it's a struggle, right? Has anybody felt that God has been absent from time to time? Now, a feeling, it may not be the truth, but it's a feeling of where, God, where are you right now? Where are you in this? What are you doing? <laughs> Can't you do it my way, right? <laughs> I'll just reference this really quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 15 is a chapter is a chapter I really want to get to encounter. So I would encourage you to look these up yourself. 1 Samuel 15 is a chapter of where um, Samuel the prophet told King Saul, who was crown king of Israel, to wipe out the Amalekites, right? Now you have to understand the Amalekites were, uh, were giants. Okay? We won't go into that, but they, they were giants. They were demonically inspired giants. We'll come back to that another day. Um, so remember that um, Goliath was a, was a descendant of. Okay. This is why it's important to know your word, know your Bible, know the history books. So King Saul was told, go wipe out the Amalekites. 
And he comes back all happy. Yeah, we did, we did, we did. But the truth was, is the Samuel the prophet said, God, God said, wipe everything out, like animals included, because those animals had been dedicated to demonic entities and, and there was spiritual stuff that needed. But more important than that, King Saul wasn't completely obedient. Now, as a father, I will and have and will continue to instruct my children to do certain things. Right? Now, if, because this would never happen in our household. <laughs> if. If. If I instructed one of my kids to go A plus B and C, and they did A and B, and didn't do C, then have they, you know, is two out of three out bad, or, or it was, should it be A, B, and C? A, B, and C, right? God told King Saul to do A, B, and C, and he only did A and B. And that chapter explains from that moment, God turned his back on King Saul. Now, God's not going to do that to you today. Why? Because of the cross. Because Jesus offers us grace every single time. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Paul, Paul, the Apostle Paul. Now, that, you know, 1 Samuel, Old Testament, before the cross. 2 Corinthians, after the cross, right? Where the scripture, though a righteous man falls seven times, how many times does he get back up? Every single time. Because God offers grace for us when we stumble, amen? Every single time. I don't want anybody to feel condemned here today. Because God's grace is sufficient. Here in this scripture, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, in well, all of that chapter of 12, Paul is actually talking about where he's struggling with a thorn in the flesh or a messenger of Satan, where the enemy, he's receiving this buffeting from the enemy of which he has prayed, how many times? It says three times. Now, I don't know about you, but the, I've... I've, I've I'm wearing the phone line out to God about a few things that I'm believing for. <laughs> but here Paul writes, I've actually had to pray three times about this. <laughs> right? And the Lord has replied to him saying, my grace is sufficient for you. And so it was an infirmity in his body that even Paul, the apostle Paul, was not seeing breakthrough in. Is that comforting for us? <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Tell me what you really think. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, man. It's like, oh, even even Paul struggled. He saw amazing breakthrough, and yet he ends this scripture by saying, "And yet I will boast in the Lord because of my sufferings." That's strange, isn't it? I will boast in the Lord because of my sufferings. In other words, he's saying, it's easy to boast in the Lord when everything's good. <laughs> but by jingoes, it's pretty hard to boast in the Lord when things 
are a struggle. And yet Paul understands the release of the refreshing power of God and the kingdom through his life that even in tribulation, even in struggles, guess what? We can boast in the Lord to such an extent that brings heaven's release and breakthrough. Even in the infirmities, even in the struggles, even in the things that he has us walking through. Amen? All right, next slide. In the absence, there is an invitation for you to walk in promise. Every single struggle, every single area of challenge in your life is an invitation for encounter. Every single time. Our lives in those moments of struggle provide a signpost for others to follow. I'm not going to labour on this, but and Anna and I have shared our journey in relation to our business challenges that we had and my health challenge and health challenges and the process and the journey of becoming free of stage four cancer. It's not about me. It's not about Anna. It's about what Jesus has done. Okay? I can show you in my Health Hub, Health Hub app my appointment two weeks ago of where my amazing surgeon and doctor writes, still no disease. Right? Again, I will boast in the Lord, but let me tell you when I was boasting most. And when I was going through my sixth round of chemo, seventh round of chemo, tenth, eleventh, when I was in the bed after being opened up, when I was, you see, you've got to understand, nurses would walk in, and it wasn't the drugs. Oh, is that okay? You have to find. Do you need any painkillers? No. Aren't you in pain? No. What should have been two weeks of recovery, I was out of the hospital in five days. Now, that's God. I will boast in the Lord, but not just when things are good. I will boast in the Lord through it until I reach the prize. Hello? Our lives become a signpost to others when the testing of our faith produces perseverance, character, and hope. There is a scripture for that. Romans 5. Thank you. Romans 5. Just to prove it is in my notes, but I didn't make it to the slide. Romans 5. Romans 5. Thanks. 
Brad, let's go, let's go to the next slide. Next, there we go. Disappointment. Oh, it disappeared. I'm disappointed that that disappointed. All right, we all get disappointed sometimes, even in God. It's important not to build a belief based on an unmet expectation. That's essentially what disappointment is. I was expecting something and I didn't get it. Hello? Has anyone here in the room believed God for something and are yet to see it? (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) That's a real thing. This is life. But in the contending, in that moment, it's very important that even though our belief tank sometimes starts to leak, that we keep it topped up. How do we keep it topped up? We keep it topped up by worshipping. We keep it topped up by reading the word and feeding on the things that are good for our soul. We keep it topped up by, by when we feel low, by ringing up a great Christian friend and say, hey, look, can we just pray together? Or, hey, can we just chat about something right now? I'm just, I'm just struggling with something right now. And I, and I just, look, can, can just... I need your encouragement. Has anybody rang up somebody and said, I need your encouragement? It's a bit very un-Australian, isn't it, right? We just have to grit our teeth and get through it. No, guess what? It's the koinonia. It's the vertical relationship with the Lord. Ha-ha. But the horizontal relationship with each other of where we lock shields together of where we say, we're going to contend for this. I'm going to stand with you and pray. I'm going to, we're going to believe together in breakthrough. We're going to believe together until we see the hand of the Lord moved. Amen. No matter what the Lord chooses to do in it, it's very important that too often, too often, we create a belief system around about God in areas that we've been disappointed. His promises are yes and amen. This is why the Bible and the scripture says that Jesus, that the Lord is yesterday, is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's a respecter of no persons. In other words, what he's done for me, he can do for you. If I've been healed of stage four cancer and you get a a bad report, so can you be healed. Amen? Right. If one person lets you down, does that mean all people will? So why do we believe in areas of where God's let us down that he's going to let us down in other areas? Do you see, do you see, see where, we, where our faith gets eroded? And yet, he is always, always with us. Psalms 34 verse 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. Isn't that a promise? Hold on, hang on. Isn't that a promise? And saves such as have a contrite spirit. If you're here today and you've got a broken heart, guess what he says? I'm right there with you. Right there. Right there. But Lord, you feel so distant. Uh Uh-uh. Lie. You are near. Why? Because it says in your word. 
And where it says in your word, I can take it all the way to the bank because I believe in it. It is the foundation of which I stand upon. Hello? Next slide. Thanks, Josh. Doing a great job in there, Josh. Encounter. I love that photo of you there, Brad. It's like he's preaching the word. Food always tastes better after a hard day's work and you're hungry, doesn't it? I think often encounters with the Lord, look, they're always good. (laughs) But often... The Lord may lead us through a hungry season to see our staying power. That when we are sustained by him, we appreciate him even more. Hunger is a vehicle. There is the promise that in his presence there is fullness of joy. If you lack joy, you lack his presence. I'm talking about a a constant state here. It's impossible to be joyful 24-7. Like bouncing off the walls, sanguine, joyful, right? But what I'm talking about is this constant balance, optimistic, joyful, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. In his presence there is fullness of joy. John 10.10, Jesus said that he has come to give life and life abundantly. Everybody that I know who have had encounters with the Lord live in a new state of victory in their life because Jesus is our source his presence is first and foremost and we experience it here in church we experience it in the car we experience it on the end of our bed as we're crying out to him in prayer But his presence enables us to lead others into encounter and it changes our position in life and it equips us and enables us that when things get tough, we stay true to his presence. When things get tough in other people's lives, we have this opportunity to walk with them and help them and lead them back into his presence. And it's like the thief on the cross. Remember me. And Jesus releases the promise. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. That is what Jesus releases to us. 
a real encounter. Friends, church is not just about the songs. It's not just about our walk with Jesus. Is not just about, not just about believing in him. It is about experiencing him too. It is about being filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is about being carriers of his presence. Hello? So I'm just going to lead you in a short prayer right now. I'm just going to invite you to stand. And I just want you to make a decision within your life. I want to be a carrier of encounter. I know it's a bit of a mouthful. I want to be an, a, a carrier of encounter. That you personally encounter the Holy Spirit all the time. The presence of the Lord. But at the same time, you help others do the same. Hello? So, again, you just say, Jesus, I want to encounter you. Help me and teach me. Lead me. I turn my back on my past and I press into you today. Jesus, lead me to encounter you constantly and help others do the same. Today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to pray. Lord, right now we just thank you for this time. Father, if there's anybody here who has not yet invited you into their lives, Lord, I ask that you would just reach into their heart right now. If there's anyone here who's not invited Jesus into their life, as I said before, the word says that he who confesses with his mouth and believes in his, in, in his heart that Jesus Christ is Lord shall be saved. If that's you here today, you might want to just say these words. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. And if that's you, you've prayed that for the first time. I would encourage you to come up and say good day either to myself or Pastor Julie, or if you're watching online, just shoot us a message and let us know that you've prayed that for the first time. We'd love to send you some resources to help you on that journey. Now for everybody else. Father, right now, we just thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, just release your breath right now in Jesus' name. That we would encounter you afresh. Touch our hearts, touch our minds. Lord, we give you permission to overwhelm us with encounter. Lord, whether it be whilst we are sleeping or right through to in moments of prayer and worship and your word, Lord, we give you permission. Overwhelm us, Lord, that we would be moved by your presence, God, and changed to never be the same again. Lord, we invite you now in this moment. Breathe upon us 
Heavenly Father, we give you all praise. Yahweh, we glorify you. We bless your holy name, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for today. In the name of Jesus. Are we all set? Amen. Go God, huh? Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your savior, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you, and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected. We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.